0: Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, Rabbi Good evening, Hebra. Welcome back to another beautiful, delicious, and sumptuous chumish. There's no chumish and chalent uh, here. The sumptuous part, of course, going on the chalent part. Challen is definitely delicious and sumptuous, as was pointed out earlier. And uh, it's always, as this is not the first time I'm saying this, probably won't be the last time I'm saying this. Always a little intimidating. Giving a shear head to head against such a chalent, having to compete with such a chalent. Uh, that's okay. That's okay. <coughs> Main thing is everyone's enjoying the chalent and we're gonna share now a few minutes of Khumish together. So with his Parsha's Vayishlach. And Vayishlach continues directly from Vayete, which continued directly from Vtoldus. We're we're thick in the in the in the in the thick of things. And in the middle of, of the development over here of the saga of Yaakov and Esav, the brachas, the Bechoirah, the flight to Choron. And in Vayishlach, we have a confrontation, a showdown which has been waiting and awaiting Yaakov some 22 years from uh, the moment in time that he stole the brachas from Esav and he fled to Choron out of Esav's wrath. He's been hanging out over there. 22 years, late, 22 years later, he comes back, and now he's ready to face off with Esau. And, of course, he prepares himself in three different ways, tefillah dern and melchama. We know all that. We get all that. It's well known, the, three different, the three-pronged strategy he has. And we also know very well the whole narrative, the whole story that happens right before the showdown, right before we have the, uh, the face-off, right before we have the face-off. And the Pazik tells us, Yaakov, levadoi. Yaakov is left alone, He's left all alone the night before the final uh, confrontation for the big moment. Ish imoi. Somebody wrestles with him till Aloysa Shahar. Guys, listen, everyone is welcome to join the year. Maybe either move over here or you can stay over there, but, but to please uh, enjoy the Sheer. And the rule always is we, everyone can enjoy the shir better when we're quiet. That way, we hear the sheer. What? That's fine with me, but everyone is more than one. We're So hey, happy you're here. You're not so happy everyone's enjoying the challenge. And uh, the test, as Rabbi Aronson will administer the test. But anyway, okay. So Yaakov is left alone. And he wrestles with somebody until Alois Hashachar. Who's this person that he wrestles with? Who's this figure that he wrestles with? Rashi tells us this is none other than Saray Shalayshuv. This is the guardian angel of Esav himself. The night before, he has to face Esav face to face in physical form. He wrestles. He's confronted with Esav's guardian angel, with Esav's malach, the sar of Esav up in Shemain. and they're wrestling <laughs> all night long till alayzah shachar, till morning, till morning. And uh, let's read the Pasuk together. So if anyone has um, the big blue English Hebrew Chumash in front of them, this is page 174, 175. And it's all the way towards the bottom of the page. Pasuk Chavav, sorry, Chavhei Chavav, 25, 26. So the Maluch saw, the guardian angel, angel of of saw, it was unable to best Yaakov. One, uh, unable to get the better of him. Unable to defeat him. It gave him a zetz in his thigh. The thigh gets dislocated. As he's wrestling with him. so The malach is desperate. He wants to go. Let me go, says the malach. It's about to be uh, day. It's about to be dawn. The sun is rising. I have to return to heaven. Says, Yaakov back. I'm not letting you go until you bless me, until you give me a bracha, he says to the angel of Esav. Now, since when do we solicit brachas from Esav? Who wants a bracha? Why do we want blessings from Esav? Want Esav's blessings? You know, as we say, uh, Right? You know, spare me the blessings and spare me the the, the, uh, beatings. No blessings, no beatings, no beatings, no blessings. I'll just, you know, happy we have nothing to do with one another. Why do you want the blessings of Esav? So Rashi says, what's this blessing that he wants from the guardian angel of Esav? I want you to concede on the matter of the blessings that I got from our father Yitzchak. Esav is still complaining. Esav is still making trouble. Esav is still uh, contending that the blessings belong to him. And you know what got him so upset, what got the ire and the wrath of Esav up. When Yaakov steals his blessing, why ASA wants to kill Yaakov, so he's still seething and fuming after all these years, Yaakov has his chance, has his opportunity now, he has you know, the guardian angel of Asa where he needs him, where he wants him, he, the guy can't escape, the angel can't escape, he says, I'm not letting you go, Kim Beirachtani, until you give me a bracha, and that bracha means, concede the brachas to me. I want you to admit, to agree, and concede the blessings that, 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 that they're mine, that, you, that you, you relinquish your claim to the brachas. Okay, so what does the malach say back? what's your name? my name is Yaakov, Lo ki Yisrael. Your name shall no longer be Yaakov, rather your name will be now Yisrael. Your name is going to be changed from Yaakov to Yisrael. From Yaakov to Yisrael. Kisa so why Yisrael? Why Yisrael? For you have fought, you have have asserted your authority with angelic beings, spiritual beings, and with men, with people, and you have overcome them. So you're no longer Yaakov, you're Yisrael. So right off the bat, we have to ask, I mean, did did he answer the question? Did he grant the request? Yaakov asks for a blessing, and the blessing that he's asking for is for the Malach to concede to him, that he got the blessings fair and square, that there rightfully is, and we hear back a name change, your name is no longer Yaakov, your name is Yisrael, so what's up with that, he got the request, he didn't get the request, so we're going to see a little bit of Rashi together, but the outside before we see the inside is yes, he did grant the request, he did concede that the brachas were rightfully his, and he relinquishes his claim and his stake to the blessings, and he's doing so in the form of changing his name. In other words, this idea of pronouncing his name now as Yisroel and not as Yaakov, your name is no longer Yaakov, it's rather Yisroel. is a way of him making that concession and a way of the Malach um, relinquishing that claim. So somehow, in that name change of, of Yaakov going from Yaakov to Yisroel, we are going to have to find some type of... of um, statements on the part of he yeah, of the brachas are yours. And the question obviously is, what does one have to do with the other? You know, conceding is conceding. A concession is a concession. The brachas are yours. And a name change is a name change. Why do I have to change your name to say that the brachas belong to you? So let's see the Rashi. Let's read the Rashi carefully. And things I think will get a little bit murkier before they get clearer. But we have immediately a question on the Pasuk. Why does the Malach have to change his name in order to concede the brachas? So let's see. Says Rashi, lo Yaakov, no longer shall anyone say or claim, including Esav himself, that you got the brachas, you got the blessings of our father Yitzchak through deceit, through trickery. You got them rather through authority, a stolts, You got them through dignity. You got them. You got them. you got them you got them. You deserved them. You got them deservedly, not through deceit. Yaakov is a lush of. Akavov, coming from the heel, coming from behind, through deceit, backstabbing. You didn't get the brachas through a form of Yaakov. You got them through Surara. And here we hear the word Yisrael. We hear the name Yisrael. You got them as Yisrael, not as Yaakov. Okay, so so in this first line, Rashi's telling us how the name change is connected to the concession of the brachas. Because mouth is saying, I concede that the brachas are yours, and they're rightfully yours. You didn't get them through Yaakov. You didn't get them. Yaakov is the name of of deceit. Yaakov is the name of trickery. No, you got them Yisrael. You got them with the sroro, with an authority, with dignity, with pride, with a stolz, deservedly. Let's skip a little bit. Um, so the, the Malach is saying, you got the brachas deservedly. Not through trickery. Now why is that? Why, why, why is it that the nature of him getting the brachas changes? So he concludes the Pasuk by saying, for you have established your authority over godly beings, that's the angels, that's the guardian of angel, angel Esa. Obviously, and men you, you have asserted yourself. You have beat men, mortal beings, and angelic beings. Vatuchal, you overcame them. That's why you now deserve the brachas. That's why you get the brachas as Yisroel, not as a Yaakov, as Yisroel, not as a Yaakov. The angelic beings that he beat, who's that? That's obvious. That's, that's who he's fighting right now. The guardian angel of Esav, right? Who are the men that he beat in order to deserve the brachas, in order to earn these brachas? Who are the men? So you want the brachas of Esav. Who, presumably, do you have to beat to get the brachas of Esav? Esav. You have to beat Esav. That was the right answer. But that's not Rashi's answer. Rashi says, we skip to the end of Rashi. Who are the men that he fought with? Esav. Well, he does say Esav. So that's half of the answer, but the Lavan, with Esav and with Lavan, Anashim. Rashi's picking up it's Losh and Rabbim. It's a plural. You fought with angelic beings and with men, with men who the men, Esav and Lavan. You fought with Esav and you fought with Lavan. Vatuch and you bested them. You defeated them. So let's take a step back for a moment. Let's try to put this together. Yes. Let's try to let's try to figure this out. Um, So the Malach is giving into Yaakov's request, granting his request, is conceding that the brachas are his, and saying not only yes, I relinquish my claims, but he's going beyond that. He's saying, I'm relinquishing my claims because you, you, we're we're gonna we're gonna now we're gonna say um, the following. Why do I relinquish my claims, and why am I conceding that the brachas are yours? Because you're not getting them anymore through trickery and deceit. You're getting them with a serara, with a serara, with a with a with a pride, with a dignity, with an authority. And why are you getting them with serara? Because you defeated men, you defeated angels. Who are the men that you defeated? Yaakov and love, A and love. And the questions we have to ask are as follows. First of all, first of all, Yaakov simply wants a simple concession. What does he want? He wants the Malach to, to give up. Give up already. Loze up. The Brachas are mine, not yours. You know, give it up already. I want you just to sign a contract, a, 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 uh, a, uh, a waiver that you, 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 you relinquish any rights to the Brachas. That's what he wants. Give it up. Leave me alone. So the Malach does more than this. He says, not only I'm going to concede that the Brachas are yours, but I'm going to tell you why the Brachas are yours. Why the Brachas are yours now? You're not getting them through deceit, and through trickery. You're getting them. With, uh, with, 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 with your, your head held high, with a, with, a, with a dignity, why? Because you beat everybody. Why is it, A, that, that um, this is necessary, this idea of him defeating the Malach and defeating Esav is necessary for Yaakov to get the brachas? There's a better reason why Yaakov should get the brachas. Why does Yaakov have his claim to the brachas? Yaakov, we we talked about this in previous weeks. Yaakov already has a very solid claim to the brachas. What's Yaakov's claim to the brachas? Who did Yisraq want to give the brachas to? Esav. But why did he want to give them to Esav? Because he was under the impression that Esav was the? The firstborn. Esav is the firstborn. And the firstborn gets the brachas. Now, was Esav really the firstborn? What does that mean, Apparently so. He physically was. But did he have the status of the firstborn? No. He sold it. He sold to Yaakov. He sold to Yaakov for a bold shalant. Right? Probably a, more like a tray of chalins. But he sold to Yaakov. He sold to Yaakov. He already sold at his birthright. And Rivka knows that he sold the birthright. And Rivka knows that Yitzhak, the Yaakov functions as the Bechor. Yaakov has the status of the Bechor. And that's why Rivka sends Yaakov to get the brachas. See, Yaakov already deserves the brachas. That's clear. Yaakov deserves the brachas, fair and square, because he is the bachar. He bought the birthright. That's why he wants the malach to concede. You know, I got the brachas because I deserve the brachas, because I'm the bachar. I'm the firstborn. the firstborn goes the brachas. So if that's the case, that's, that would lechaira would be the very simple request that, that Yaakov is making? and. The guardian angel of asaph gives a whole very complicated response and reply. You know why the brachas are yours? Because you're not getting them anymore like a Yaakov. You're getting them like a Yisrael. Why are you getting them like a Yisrael? Because you defeated me. The question we have to ask is, it's clear from the malach's response that until this point in time, until Yaakov manages to defeat the angel of asaph that the, the malach doesn't really believe that Yaakov deserves the brachas. And Esau doesn't really believe that ya- Yaakov deserves the brachas. It's only from this point on that he deserves the brachas. So what changed? What changed? I mean, Yaakov's main claim to the brachas is what? That he's the bachar. He bought the birthright. That's his claim to the brachas. So either you, go, you work with that, you don't work with that. Either you, 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 you give into that argument, you concede or you don't concede. So as we would ask in Talmudic's, if you hold that being the firstborn does not earn you the brachas, doesn't allow you to be the brachas, So it still shouldn't earn him the brachas. He still doesn't deserve the brachas. And if you believe that by virtue of the fact that Yaakov did become the firstborn, he did get that status of the firstborn of the Bechor, if you believe that that does give you the brachas, then he should have conceded even without him defeating Esau. That's one question. So the first question is, what's the significance of the fact that he won this wrestling match against the Malach? That's why he now gets the brachas. That's why he deserves deserves the brachas, because he's the Bechor, he's the firstborn. Second question is like this. Second question is, Why do you serve the brachas? Because you fought angelic beings and you fought men. You fought men. Men, not man, men. That's Esav and Lavan. You fought Esav and Lavan. Since you fought Esav and Lavan and you defeated Esav and Lavan, you get the brachas. When did Yaakov fight Esav? Right now. When did he fight Lavan? When he was living in and house for 20 years. He had to deal with Lavan and he had a wrestle with a different type of wrestling match. More of a mental wrestling match. A, a battle of wits. Right, a battle of a psychological battle, uh, a, a a battle of scruples, a battle of principles, a battle of values, and that was his battle against the, against the uh, unscrupulous and and dishonesty of a, of love. And he fought for twenty years. Okay, so that's that's where he fought love. And he succeeded over there. But what does that have to do with the brachas? What does fighting love and have to do with the brachas? What does love's uh, engagement with Yaakov have anything to do with the, with the, with the, with the struggle between Yaakov and Esav? What does Esav care about what he did with Lavan? Who cares? Yaakov's 20-year battle with Lavan, it was a different battle, but that 20-year battle of wits, the battle of, of, of strategy, of psychology, that's a personal thing between Yaakov and Lavan. Why does the angel of Esav turn around now and say, ah, you defeated me and you defeated Lavan? For sure the brachas are yours. I can see the brachas. What does Yaakov's battle with Lavan have to do with the brachas that, that Esav claims that Yaakov stole from him? So here we have a lot of problems over here. For 22 years, Esav is still seething. He still has a claim to the brachas. He hasn't relinquished the brachas. He still wants the brachas back. He says, Yaakov, you got the brachas through deceit, through trickery, through Akova. I want them back. Yaakov believes they're his because he's the bachari. He, listen, I bought the birthright. I get the brachas. The bachari gets the brachas. The malach refuses to concede. Esav refuses to concede. Suddenly... Yaakov defeats the angel of Lavan, and he defeats uh, the angel of Esav, and he defeats Lavan, and suddenly everything shifts and everything changes. And the Malach now says, "No, you're no longer you're no longer Yakovdik, You didn't get them Yaakov through deceit and trickery. You got them through Yisrael. You got them Yisrael You got them through Sera or through authority, and you deserve it. Now I concede. Why? Because you defeated me. Okay, maybe we understand. Maybe. And you defeated Lavan, and we're asking again if he admits he got the brachas. The brachas are his because he's the first born. and otherwise." On what basis should he concede the brachas? And second of all, what does is Lavan's issue with Yaakov have to do with conceding the brachas? What does it do with, um, with um, the fact that Yaakov spent 20 years in Lavan's house? What does that have to do with the mouth looking at that? Ah, you spent 20 years by Lavan, and, and, and you, you dealt with Lavan properly. You beat Lavan. Tack, the brachas are yours. What, Shaykhaz? Okay, so let's try to figure this out. We'll try to figure this out based on these questions, and if we take these questions and pursue them, th- these questions, Rabbi Yisai, blow the partial wide open for us, and really blow the whole discussion of Yaakov and Esav wide open, and blow the whole idea of the brachas and the and everything kind of sky high and wide open for us. So let- let's see where these questions lead us. So again, the, 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 the main problem over here is that this Shach problem if he's going to concede the brachas, he should have done it a long time ago. And if he didn't do it a long time ago, why is he doing it now? So why again are we arguing that the brachas should have been Yaakov's all along? Because Yaakov is the bechor. Yaakov got the birthright from Esau. He's, he, he's, he, he, he bought the birthright fair and square. He has the status of the bechor now. And if you're the bechor, you get the brachas. Esau doesn't agree to that. Esau doesn't doesn't um, admit that there was a sale. Esav denies that he sold sold him the birthright. We never find it anywhere. We don't have a source of that anywhere that Esav ever denied that sale. Esav never denied, not only that, he admitted it to his father. At the end, of Parshish told us, Yaakveni's pamayim. Ochein kareh Now I know why he called him Yaakov, because he tricked me twice. He admits to his father that he sold the the birthright. Esav never... Makes any claims that he didn't sell the birthright. He admits that he sold the Becharet to Yaakov. So if he readily admits that he sold it, why does he want the brachas? Why does he feel that the brachas are still his? He sold that. He sold the birthright. What's going on? So to answer that, we have to take a step backwards and maybe take a step downwards and inwards. A step inwards. What does it mean that Yaakov bought the birthright from Esav? And what is, what happens as a result of Yaakov buying the birthright from Esav? And really, what would have happened if he wouldn't have bought the birthright from Esav? And when we ask these questions, something astounding uh, comes together in front of us. If Yaakov wouldn't have brought, bought, rather, the from the, the birthright from Esav, Esav is the bechor. Esav gets the brachas from Yitzchak, and Esav, that means Esav, by virtue of the fact that he's the bechor, the firstborn, he is the firstborn who is continuing the lineage of the Ovis, he is the next one in line after Avram so, Look, asaph has a role in creating Klai Yisrael. is supposed to create Klai Yisrael. is supposed to build Klai Now, is Esav supposed to build Klai single-handedly? No. No, he's not. Esav and Yaakov together as twins are supposed to, through a partnership, build Klai And the Sermon tells tell us that, look, if you, if you uh, look at the mathematics over here, Laban has two daughters, Rachel and Leah, And Yitzchak has two sons, Yaakov and Esav. And each son is supposed to take a daughter. Supposed to make a shidduch, Yaakov and Esav, Rachel and Leah. Esav and Yaakov, Leah and Rachel. Yaakov and Esav, Leah and Rachel. We're supposed to make a shidduch between Yaakov and Esav and Leah and Rachel. Lavan has two daughters. Yitzchak has two two sons. Each of them is supposed to take one of the daughters of Lavan. And together, via partnership, they're actually supposed to create Kalei Supposed to do, do it together as a partnership, and the Svarmakadoshim tell us that each of them was supposed to create six shvatim. Six is supposed to come from Rachel and her assistants, and six is supposed to come from Leah and her assistants. Yaakov and Esav each are supposed to, through this partnership, create Klal Yisrael through a joint effort, each producing six shvatim. Now, what's happening when Esav sells out? He's not just selling out of the birthright. He's not just selling out of the first in line to make the first six shvatim, to make the first shidduch with, with, with um, Lavan, but he's selling out of eternity. He's selling out of Klai Israel. He's selling out of this opportunity to be involved in what Avraminzal started and to be part of this partnership of Klai Israel, selling out of having a stake in eternity. That's what he sold out of back home he cold, cold, lock stock and barrels nothing to do with kleiso anymore nothing to do with shift a nothing to do with eternity which he could have had a stake in eternity he could have had a 50% share in eternity and he sells that for again a bowl of chocolates. that's right undercooked chocolates. a bowl of undercooked chocolates. exactly so this kind of first of all kind of puts the whole thing with Esau in, in, in very sharp perspective like wow that was a that was a that was a dumb thing to do right a bad move that was a pretty bad investment over there. Bad, bad, bad deal. Certainly got the raw end of the deal. We understand why Aesop's so excited about this, but he did it. He did it. He did it. That's right. Though I didn't pick up on that one. The raw end of the deal. Yeah, that came from Shemaim. I can't. I can't take claim for that one. Um, good, but he did it nevertheless. He did it, nevertheless. He sold out. So instead of Esav and Yaakov jointly creating Klai now it's Yaakov himself that's making all of Klai He has to make 12 shatam now. And he has to marry Rachel, and he has to marry Leah. Said differently, he's got to be the Yaakov, and he has to be the Esav. He has to be the Esav, and he has to be the Yaakov. He has to be both. Now what does that mean, altogether, that there's got to be a Yaakov, and there's got to be an Esav, and together they produce Klai and each one of them makes on their own, Six shvatem. What does that mean? What does that mean all altogether? Why, why do you need two people, each of them to make six shvatim? Have one person making twelve shvatim. Why do we need six and six? Why do we need this yet you another? Know, lechem? Upon him over here, two stacks, each one of six. Let one person you know, Avram, you know, didn't have a duality. Avram didn't have a shotev. he didn't have a partner, he's looking to have a partner. Why, when we come to Yaakov, we need two a, a partnership, a Yaakov and anesiv, each to make six, six shvatim, together to make twelve. Why do we need that suddenly? Two people. The answer is each has a different role. Each has a different aspect to give to Kleistrel. Each has a different contribution. Each has a different direction. And these are two different directions. And Kleistrel needs two different directions, needs two different sets of guidances, two different inputs, and, and they are very different one from the other. And we need both. We need leadership and guidance in direction in the form of what Yaakov has to contribute. And we need leadership, guidance, in direction in the form of what Esav was supposed to contribute. Okay, everybody got that? Each of them was supposed to contribute a different aspect to Kleisol. Avr only has one aspect to give, so there's only, Avr doesn't have a partner. Chesed, Yitzhak only has one aspect to contribute. That's guru, that's Din. We don't need a partner over there. We come to the third stage over here. Two different aspects that Kleisar needs. Two different uh, types of, of directions and two different um, properties that Kleisar needs at this point. Esav was supposed to contribute one through his six shvatim and Yaakov was supposed to give the other. What are these two different aspects that each of them was supposed to contribute? So here we have something, again, even more astounding. The Pasek itself tells us what they were supposed to each contribute. The Pasek told us the giveaway is their descriptions, their definitions, what they stood for and what they represented. The Torah itself tells us what Esau's contribution was supposed to be and what Yaakov's contribution was supposed to be. Where does it say? It says in the description that we have of Yaakov and Esau, it says, Esau, of Esau, 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 ish Esau, Yakov ishtam vaholim. Who was Esav and what was Esav? He was isha de'etzayid ish Sada. He was a man of the field. Esav, the Torah tells us, was a man of the field. Yaakov was an ishtam Yaakov was a man of the tent. Esav is the guy on the outside. Yaakov is the guy in the inside. Esav is the one in the field, out on the field, in the field, our man in the field, our man on the scene, our man on the scene, our man in the field. Something like that. And Yaakov is our. Our, now to uh, 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 now back to our man in the tent. back to our man in the tent. What does that mean? Who's the guy in the outside? The guy in the inside? The man in the field? The man in the tent? So what's the tents? What's this tent that Yaakov occupied? What's this tent? Yaakov is the man in the tent. What tent is this? The tent of the tent of 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 of, of um. What's the word? What's the word that I'm looking for right now? Not indulgences. tent of... Of... Almost, I almost got it. Okay, but this is not a tent of, uh, of, of, of uh, you know, seeking, uh, having a good time. The tent of um, decadence. The tent of decadence. Is the tent, the tent of decadence? No. Not the tent of decadence. <coughs> What's Which, the tent that Yaakov hung out in? The, the, the oil of shame Aver, The tent of shame Aver. Ya- Yaakov was the, was the yeshiva student. He was the Kolo student. He was the Torah scholar. What? It was the tent of Torah. The tent of Torah. That's right. Not the tent of decadence. The tent of Deuteronomy. Not decadence. Um, he was the tent of didactics. Not decadence. So Yaakov is the one who's studying all the time. He's the scholar. He's growing in knowledge. He's the one on the inside. Yaakov's job is to be the Yoisha Vojholim. His job is to give over to Kleisol, to present to Kleisol, and lead Kleisol with the ability to to, um, find God through study, find Baruch Hu through the tent, base medrash, the base hakenessis, through learning, through davening. Connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through internal action, internal motion, through learning, through studying, through davening. That's Yaakov. Esav is the Ish Sodeh. The Ish Sodeh was his description, was his definition, and he was supposed to be that Ish Sodeh, that man out in the field, the man out on the street, in a positive way, in a way of serving God, in a way of doing something productive, in a way that he was going to give that over to Kala Yisrael. What does that mean, to be the man in the field, our man on the scene, out there, outside? and use that in a productive way to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that means to deal with the outside world productively. To deal with all the trials, tribulations, and temptations that lie outside the base HaKadosh, that lie outside the base HaKadosh, that lie outside the shul, and to deal with them properly, successfully, and to deal with them in the way that Hashem wants me to deal with them, to make a Kiddush, shemayim, the kiddush, kiddush Hashem, shemayim, to stand true and triumphant against the face of all the trials and tribulations and temptations to face them down. That's what Esau was supposed to do. That's what he was supposed to give over to Klai Yisrael. The, the Ish Sada, to be that person that gives over to Klai the direction of how to deal with the outside world successfully, the outside world properly, the outside world in a way that creates godliness. Yaakov deals with the inside world through godliness. He learns and he studies and he davens. He prays and he sings to serve God. That's what Yaakov is doing. Now, Esav was supposed to be the Isada, Was supposed to serve God through being the Ishsadeh. Esav, we know, fails miserably. He's still the Ishsadeh. He's still the man in the outside world. But what does he do? He lets the outside world corrupt him instead of him, instead of him repairing the outside world and being triumphant over the outside world and working with the outside world properly, standing strong in, in, in the face of all those temptations and channeling them to serve and serve as God. He succumbs to the outside world. He's an Ish Sada all, with all the negativities, none of the positivities. And he does that when he sells himself out. He remains the Ish Sada in a negative way, not in a positive way. He succumbs to the outside world. Yaakov buys the birthright. Yaakov has to be an, a, an Esav and a Yaakov. He has to produce tw- 12 shratim. He has to marry a Rachel and a Leia and produce six shratim from each. That means Yaakov now has to be the Ish Yoshev v'halam, which he had to be all along. He has to be the person that gives over to Klal the properties, the abilities, and the the, uh, the 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 leadership of what it means to connect to Hakadosh Baruch Hu through the, the oil, through the base through the base of But he has to be an of Also, he has to be the ishada. He has to be the person who's out there in the field and is able to deal with the outside world in a way that he doesn't succumb to the outside world. Rather, the outside world becomes subordinate to him, and he's able to deal with the outside world, work with the outside world, and raise the outside world in a way of sanctification to be Mekad Shem shemaim. That's what Yaakov has to do. He has to do the Ace of Roll, the Ace of Jab now. He's got to do the Ace of Jab. That's why Yaakov immediately goes, after he spends 14 years in Shem Ve in the Oiholim the over there, to, to ready himself for this, he spends 20 years in the house of Lavon. Why does he have to spend 20 years by lovin? Laman Hashem, he went to get a shidduch. Okay, so lovin tricked him to work, and to work, and to work, and to work. What's going on over here? Why did Yaakov give in to all this? And why is Yaakov dealing with him seven years, another seven years, another six years? Why is Yaakov dealing with this loving character? The where says. Here is where Yaakov has an opportunity and needs to use that opportunity to make himself into an Asaf he needs to go now to the house of Lavan. He needs to marry a Rachel and a Leah. He needs to marry both women because he has to produce 12 sh- shvatim. And, to, and that means much more than just marrying two wives and having six shvatim from each each house. But it means being the Ish Sodeh, doing the job of Esav, that job that Esav was supposed to do, that was linked to the birthright of Esav, that was linked to the Bechairah of Esav, which Esau sold to Yaakov, Yaakov now has to be the of. he has to be the Bechor, he has to be the Ish-sadam, he's got to deal with the outside world properly in a way that he sanctifies God's name and deal with the outside world successfully as opposed to of succumbing to the outside world. He has to give that over to Kala how you deal with the outside world and how you, how you, how you, how you, how you triumphantly deal with all those temptations the way that Hashem wants us to. He's got to deal with the outside world. That's why he has to deal with love for 20 years. And that's when he comes back, he's got to deal with Esav now. So we fast forward now to the great showdown between Yaakov and Esav. And we ask a question, You know, Yaakov wrestles with Esav, and he knows that for 22 years, Esav is still hanging on to this claim, you don't deserve the brachas, kid. The brachas are mine. I'm not giving in. I'm not conceding the brachas to you. No concessions. We demand a recant, Esav is saying. I'm not giving in. I'm not conceding the brachas. For 22 years. Esav comes and wrestles with the malach of, of uh, Yaakov comes and wrestles with Esav's malach. And he says, I'm not letting you go until you concede. You admit the brachas are mine, fair, and square. So what does the malach say back? Your name is no longer Yaakov, it's Yisrael. We don't have to say anymore that you got the brachas through trickery and deceit. You got them through srora through uh, dignity, through an authority. You got them deservedly. Why? Because you wrestled with me, you wrestled with Lavan, and you overcome, you overcame us, you overpowered us, you beat us. We asked, Manav Shach, if he doesn't admit to the fact, if he doesn't agree to the fact that he deserves the brachas because he got the birthright, why is he agreeing now? Why is he agreeing now? And, and, um, if he is able to agree now, why couldn't he agree 22 years ago? What changed now? Because again, Yaakov's claim to the brachas are linked to the fact that he got the it linked to the fact that he got the birthright. So what changed suddenly now? The answer is, Rabbi, well, said, a beautiful idea. We see how everything comes together so beautifully and so wonderfully. Avada, he knows that the, 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 the Sar of Esau, and himself knows that Yaakov's claim to the brachas because he got the birthright. Yeah, okay, good, you, you bought the birthright for me. And that's why you feel you got the brachas. But I still have a claim that the brachas are mine, fair and square. Because you may have bought the birthright and you, so to speak, hold that you assume the status of the birthright, uh, of the Bukhar. One second, one second. You may have bought it from me. But those brachas go to the continuation of the line of Avon and and Yitzchak. They go to who's supposed to be the Bukhar. They go to the person who's not just walking around with a piece of paper that says that he bought the birthright. They go to the person who is... Fulfilling the Ace of job, the Ace of Mission. The Ish Sada. that's who gets these brachas. Yaakov, Bistu, and Ish sada you're not Ish You're the Ish Yosheva Holam, you're the Tam Yosheva Holam. You're the guy who sits and learns all day. You still don't deserve the brachas. This is why of has not let go of the brachas for all this time. Because of still feels he still has a shot at making this. He, he's still in the running. He still has a shot at being the one who deserves the brachas. He still has a shot at being the Ish Sada. He still can do it. He can still make it happen. And Yaakov, you're not that person. You're the Ish Yoshev Aholam. You have no right to the brachas. You may have gotten the birthright, but you're not the Ish Sada. You're only there for half of Klai Yisrael, and you're there for the lesser half, the second half. I'm the first half. I'm the first half. I get the brachas. I may have sold you the bachara. Ma, ma so what? You're not an Ish Sada. You're an Ish Tam. You're an Ish yesh, yesh, Show me that you deserve these brachas. And that's what Yaakov shows Esav now. 22 years later. <laughs> you're right. You defeated me. You overcame me. That means you were able to wrestle with Esau, who is the Ish Sada, to the negative, with all the negative aspects. He represents all the temptations. He represents all the Arais. He represents all the Tumah of the Sada. And you were able to overcome that. So you're able to be the Ish Sada, to deal with the Nesionist, the temptations of the outside world properly. And look, you dealt with Lavan for twenty-two years. For twenty years, Amnashim, Lavan, Esav and Lavan. You dealt with Lavan. You dealt with the outside world. Taka. with all the sheker of Lavan, all the all the scheming and plotting and the double crossing and 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 all the tumah and the sheker that you had to put up with in base Lavan. You dealt with that as well. Vatuchal and you overcame that. You were an Ishsadeh. You tacka made yourself into sada Yaakov, you are an Ishsadeh. Bistu tacka an Ishsadeh. So you know what? Your name is no longer Yaakov, which means that which you're in possession of the brachas is no longer Yaakovdik, which is that people can question, do you deserve the brachas? Are you really the Ish Sadeh? Are you really the person who's supposed to get these brachas? That's akava. That's trickery and deceit. No one's going to say that anymore, that maybe you can't be that Ish Sadeh. No. No you were able to rise to the occasion and earn the brachas. You're someone who can be an the You do get the brachas now. And Yaakov, I thereby concede that the brachas are yours fair and square. Not only, you know, you, you, you bought it, you earned it. You bought it and you, you, you clearly have replaced Esav and myself as the Ishada. They're yours fair and square. It's now yours to create, to create the Shifte Eko, all 12 Shvatim. And with that, the brachas are yours. And with that, Rabbi Yisada, we conclude for this week. Thank you all for joining. Everyone should have an amazing, wonderful Lichthe Shabbos, and uh, be well, Rabbi. Shabbos Shalom That represents the. Um, that's the beginning of the of the showdown with with Esav himself, meaning Esav became the Tumas Asodah. Esav became. You saw Um, with all the the, um, kilkulem, all the hashchot of the Soda. So that's the second aspect of the Soda that Yaakov has to deal with here in the Brachas. Love and aneisot.